0: you ready? Welcome back to Buffalo Rumblings on Buff Hub. I'm your host, Steve Vega, and today we are going to be getting into my 4.0 mock draft. After that, we are going to get into a very fun topic, a topic that I believe a lot of people have been debating with for I don't know how many years now, right? Well, the years keep mounting up because we keep seeing players that don't develop. And uh, then we, have, we get players that hit gold. And uh, we get them in the fifth round, get them in the fourth round, get them in the sixth round. and uh, You know, it's, it's been interesting to see what the Bills have been able to do over the last couple of years versus the years that it was obviously just dreadful, right? So we're gonna talk about the worst and best five Bills ever drafted in the first round. Yes, we're going to talk about the first round picks of the Buffalo Bills, and I have them listed, uh, let me tell you something right now guys, I, uh, I cringe, I cringe looking at this, and then I get really excited, and then I cringe all over again, uh, so obviously we're going to get started with the uh, mock draft here, so without further ado, here we go. So guys, I actually ended up (laughs) going really defensive in this draft, and I was honestly surprised with myself because, you know, well, number one, Travis ETN went at 16 in this mock, and I I, kind of was baffled that the more I kept researching about players and understanding, um, you know, scheme fit and all those other things... I began to understand and realize that the Buffalo Bills genuinely just need to get stronger on defense for their identity. They really need to bring that grit back. And I think a lot of the reason that the Buffalo Bills got so much respect in the past was because of their debt. Look guys, we have superstar players, but as far as depth goes, I think this this for me was a depth draft. And I just want to begin here also I'm going to get to this pick in a little bit, but I want you to remember this name. Rico, I'm going to, hopefully I don't pr- pronounce this wrong, but Rico Bussey Jr., wide receiver uh, transfer from Nebraska to Hawaii. Kid can, tr- he can just catch in traffic. It's amazing. Um, I'm really excited about this mock. I, I really like the way it kind of just panned out. Um, so, so here we go. Uh, the first pick at 30, I got Gregory Rousseau, edge out of Miami, he's a monster. (laughs) He's big, he's strong, uh, he's athletic. Uh, A guy that you definitely could see him starting uh, definitely in a rotation probably like three, four weeks in. Uh, Just, you know, making an impact, maybe even more than AJ Epinesa. I just feel like he has way more explosiveness at the point of attack. And you got offensive linemen going at his legs. (laughs) Typically, if an offensive lineman is going at a guy's legs, they can't keep up with it. it. Constantly see this guy get to the quarterback and that's what the Bills need. I've said it and I've <laughs> said it before, I'm going to keep saying it again. We need consistent pass rush. Guys that can get in there, make an impact when it matters. Okay, you may not get a sack, but another guy might get a sack. You remember the, the, you know, the past years where the Buffalo Bills were just racking up sacks. It was literally because people were making opportunity for other people. That's all it is. We don't need someone that's going to go in there and just completely dominate. Now, if you you would have asked me if I wanted J.J. Watt, and you know, yeah, I've said it before. I wanted a guy like J.J. Watt. Why not? But realistically, right now, we need guys who can just create opportunities for the defense to make plays. Uh... This is what I see out of Gregory Rousseau. Uh, Next, I got at 61, Jabril Cox, linebacker out of LSU. I'm going to keep going down the list. I'm going to review a couple of players here. Uh, I know you guys know about Jabril Cox. I mean, he's amazing. Uh, 93, I got Ronnie Perkins, edge out of Oklahoma. He jumps in my mock draft once again. And remember this name, 161. Uh, I got Rico Bussey Jr., wide receiver out of Hawaii. And then I got at 174. I I went a little bit further down the list. You know, I've been doing my research on this guy. I really like him. He's been breaking records uh, and definitely got held back because of COVID. So Jarrett Patterson running back out of Buffalo. You betcha. I want that guy. And then at 213, you know, I'll be honest. I found myself at odds drafting at this position just because of who was left but the more i kept digging about this guy uh you know 213 Tommy Doyle offensive tackle out of Miami i started to kind of realize this is a guy who i think was it's just very methodical in his approach on how he played it's interesting he played against uh you know Chase Young and AJ Epenesa in the past uh he definitely didn't get as much playing time as you'd like to see but uh, this is a guy you know i definitely see you know in the third day just Maybe the Buffalo Bills pick up a guy like him. Look, look, I'm not set on this guy, but I'm just thinking about the position and I'm thinking about, uh, you know, just the depth and bringing in guys at the offensive tackle position where you can keep grooming them and growing them. And I I think that's what the Buffalo Bills were able to do in the last couple of years. And you're starting to see some things come to fruition with how they're drafting. I think this is a guy who has potential. Uh, He's definitely seen some big games, Uh, you know, in his last year. I think he made some noise. I think he really made a name for himself. Uh, it, I, I think he comes from a good pedigree. You know, I think uh, you know Miami's a great university. They, <laughs> they've been pulling out some really good players, and they're really starting to come together there. All right, so finally, at 236, the last pick in the uh, Buffalo Bills draft here, I got Dia... Oh, gosh, his name is so difficult. Dion Medor, Lenore, cornerback out of Oregon. Yeah, guys, I went cornerback. Why? Well... For me, I, I do see CB2 um, kind of just like, as, at, at, at this point, it just needs to become rotational. I want a guy who can just stay there, and I believe Dane Jackson can uh, be that guy who can claim that spot. Uh, you know, but it's just one of those things where I'm realizing maybe the Buffalo Bills aren't really looking for the guy At CB two, you know, eventually you got to think about it. Tre'Davious White, he's gonna get older. Um, You know, injuries happen. You need a guy who can step into that CB one role, and you know, be able to give him some rest. But it's gonna be a while until the Buffalo Bills figure that out. I mean, for crying out loud, we literally signed Levi Wallace for a one year deal. So you you just see where that position's kind of it's gonna figure itself out. In my opinion, I feel like it's one of those positions that I think Sean McDermott has. uh, over the last couple of years, been able to figure out how to fill the you know fill the hole, uh, the void, if you will, and the Buffalo Bills have had a lot of success on defense. Even if they struggled, you know, early on through the season, they still were able to figure things out uh, towards the end, and you saw that this last season. So, um, I'm confident in this guy, though. I, I, I like him. He's good in coverage. I feel like. When it comes down to the run game, he gets involved. He's willing to do whatever it takes. But, you know, I, I say that keyword coverage. And you, you look at a Sean McDermott defense. You know, this is not a Rex Ryan defense. Yeah, we'll play man-to-man. You know, we'll meet, we'll meet him up at the line. But one thing about McDermott that he's huge on is, you know, disguising coverages in order to create turnovers in order for players to be in position to make plays and you know that's what i think this guy can bring eventually i don't see him being an immediate impact i really think that we're going to see a lot of action out of dane jackson and levi wallace and this is going to be good for both of those players maybe we haven't seen everything out of levi wallace maybe a guy like dane jackson you know threatening his position threatening you know uh to for the buffalo bills not to resign him to maybe maybe he steps up his game this year uh, but here's the other thing, too. I mean, you look at a guy like Josh Norman coming in, it kind of, if I'm Levi Wallace, that's a slap to the face. I'm going into this next year with, you know, just more fire underneath my belly to make sure I make an impact. So, uh, you know, it's going to be an interesting uh, thing to see there. But, you know, this is also another guy. Maybe we get some uh, more depth at the nickel position. You know, you look at a guy like Taryn Johnson. It, Amazing, right? (laughs) Amazing investment that the Buffalo Bills uh, made, you know, drafting him and eventually that man's going to get his money. Believe me, this guy's big time. Uh, But again, you want to be able to rest your players. You want to be able to, you know, get guys in there that can, you know, be interchangeable. And I think this is a guy who can fit the scheme really well. All right, so I'm going to work my way up the list here. Uh, you know, I've been blabbering about all these players, but I just want to make you know make note of three players real quick. We're going to talk about Jarrett Patterson, Rico Bussie Jr., and we're going to uh, jump into uh, you know the topic that is Jabril Cox, linebacker out of LSU. The fact that he dropped to 61 was incredible, uh, but you know Jarrett Patterson, this is a guy who really had to make a name for himself. Uh, you know, obviously, he got the whole thing with COVID and it really set him back. You know, being able to go into the draft with a really strong profile. And here's a guy that just shellacked another team. So, you know, in case you missed it, (laughs) there was a 70 to 41 victory over Kent State. Um, and let me tell you, this guy had over 400 yards and eight scores in the game. Uh, had the second second highest single game rushing total. Uh, you know, he tied the FBS record for rushing touchdowns in a game. You can't make this up. And this, this kid is special. I feel like this guy. Why not give him a shot? You're not seeing this kind of story come out of the draft, and he's homegrown, straight out of Buffalo. Maybe he comes in there with a the chip on his shoulder. Maybe. This is a guy you pair up with Matt Breida and you know Devin Singletary maybe and you, you try to figure out a new identity for the Buffalo Bills running attack and you know look it it's hard for me to sit here let me let me let me talk about something get you on know, my soapbox for a minute look it's not that I don't like Singletary and Zach Moss I've talked about them before it's not that I just believe that the future of the Buffalo Bills running attack does not fit them. It doesn't. I I just don't really see a bunch of wide receivers getting involved in in run blocking. you got to bring in a two tight end set. And you got to be able to really grind it out in a game where maybe you need to run the football really well. You're not going to really get that out of a Devin Singletary, Zach Moss duo. I think you need to have someone with a little bit more spark. You know, whether if it's being able to, okay, put it to you this way, a guy who can either get yards after contact or be able to really pull out to the outside really quickly and you know make a play for you. That's what the Buffalo Bills need as their second option at the running back position. Because look, you go into a game plan and. You really think your game plan is going to work? And then what happens when Devin Singletary doesn't get going? And then you look to Zach Moss. By that by that point, it's too late. You know, you're you're trying to find answers. You need a guy at the running back position who can give you an answer if the passing game is struggling. Uh, and that's where I'm getting to. This is a guy. I'm telling you guys, he just has an it factor about him. Uh, you know, it's it's just crazy. You look at his speed. Uh, you look at you know just the way he can keep balance. Uh, his acceleration, he, this this guy has it. He's homegrown, straight out of Buffalo. And you know, I only, I know I only talked about that game, but you know, he wasn't really able to make a lot of noise. You know, due to not being able to play till late in the year. Uh, you know, because of the pandemic, so <laughs> he had to wait months just to be able to run the football. I mean, that, it must have drove him crazy. But all that pent up energy brought something out of him. I mean, he tied the FBS record for rushing touchdowns in a game. You can't make this up. This kid, this kid could be big time. So why not take him at 174? All right, Rico Bussy Jr. Okay, this guy reminds me of a dear friend. And um, Stevie Johnson, I'm bringing him up. And uh, Stevie, if you're listening, man, Rico Bussey Jr. reminds me of you. Uh you know this guy it, it, you talk about being able to catch in traffic you talk about being able to catch one on one in the red zone this guy is he's an interesting guy to watch you know he's not he's not the flashiest guy but if if you see the way he concentrates uh when the ball's thrown to him you see something about him that could, you know it strikes you as a guy that could possibly start um now, I'm not going to sit here and say he's going to be able to you know, be a burner, but look, when your burners are down the field and they're covered and you need to throw it between cover two, cover three, I think this is a guy that you can throw it to. Now, as far as him getting a start right away, I really don't believe that's going to happen. Maybe this is a guy who goes to the practice squad because we haven't seen anything out of Isaiah, Isaiah Hodgins yet, So <laughs> who's a whole other story that I know every Bills fans excited about. You know, a big guy. Um... So this, but this is a guy I want you guys to remember just in case he falls to the bills. I talked about him. He has something about him that if you look at Stevie Johnson's tape, uh, you know, from university of Kentucky and you kind of compare it, you start to see some similarities in the physicality, uh, you know, going one-on-one catching inside the numbers, stuff like that. I like this guy. He has something about him that I think could fit in the Buffalo Bills. So here we go at 61. We got to talk about Jabril Cox. How in the heck did this guy fall down to 61? A monster, a monster, absolute monster. Guys, you talk about linebacker depth and possibly, okay, on a scale of one to 10, replacing A.J. Klein in eight. I give this guy an 8. If he goes at 61, the Buffalo Bills are starting him. It, it, he reads the quarterback's eyes like a nickel cornerback. You watch his tape. You watch his his instincts. It, I, I, I'm I'm, like, I'm baffled right now because this guy has he every single other, ma, other mock I've done. <laughs> he kept going in the second round. Um, and, you know, he went really high, and look, he's huge. He's a monster. Three pounds, and he's eight. I just feel like he is the true 4-3, you know, three-down linebacker. But at this point, right, we need a four-down linebacker for, you know, teams that we're going against nowadays, right, where you're going against, you know, they're going, going for it on fourth and one, even a fourth and four, you know, at the 50-yard 50, uh, 50 line mark. And look, I see this guy, I feel like the Buffalo Bills could use a guy like him long-term type deal. This, this is the kind of guy I think he just fits. Um, and we need a guy who can just play downhill as well. As well as playing coverage. And I think this is a guy you're able to, you know, even bring off the edge on a blitz and just play it beautifully. He's disruptive. He's strong. You know, he makes his presence felt. And I don't really see that coming out of a guy like AJ Klein, you know, as a long term you know, three down linebacker. I see, you know, we're rotating that guy in, but why not bring this guy in and rotate him with AJ Klein? Maybe play more 4 three, you know, that's uh, look, I, I like that we're nickel. I like that we're a nickel defense. Don't get me wrong. You're able to, you know, disguise coverages and, you know, there's a lot of passing offenses, but if you can get a four man rush and have three, think about this. Just imagine, my God, Matt Milano, Tremaine Edmonds, and Jabril Cox. Dude, that's a monster squad at the linebacker position. I don't think anybody, even in the division, would want to see that <laughs> You know, on Sunday, let alone on prime time. So I just really feel like this guy is going to light it up in the NFL. All right, drum roll here. So Look, thank you for waiting. Thank you for being patient. We are finally at the second part of this podcast. And uh, guys, the worst and best five bills ever drafted in the first round. We're going to start it off at number five. I'm going to get some hate for this. I'm going to get some hate for this. I am. I am. But I don't care. Okay? I don't like the way he left. I uh, you know, <laughs> Sammy Watkins was so injury prone. Availability is your best ability, and we gave up way too much to get him. Odell Beckham was right there for the taking as well. Yeah. I got Sammy Watkins at five because of just the whole situation of Sammy Watkins, the hype, you know, the whatever. (laughs) Odell Beckham showed you that you do not have to draft that high ever, ever in in an an NFL draft in the first round to get A-plus talent. You just need to do your damn research, okay? Sammy Watkins at five. Number four. Oh, boy. E.J. Manuel. Love his character. Love his leadership. Love his heart. I respect him as a man. I mean, this guy is as stand-up as it gets. God bless him, his mother. You know, he's an amazing story. And, you know, be quite honest with you. He did really well at Florida State. Okay? And... I, I just don't think he was the right guy for the Buffalo Bills, and just the timing, the you know, the fit. Doug Marone, I felt bad for him because it was just so toxic of a situation for the Bills. It, it, you just you, you feel bad for him, but you also kind of don't. He had moments where he was, he had the you know. He had opportunities to shine, and he didn't, all right? There's plain and simple. The, the guy never knew how to set his feet. Uh, you know, just missing guys wide open, had a ton of talent. Sammy Watkins, Charles Clay, you name it, LaShawn McCoy. Like, there are plenty of players that were able to just, you know, get open for him, help his career excel. I just didn't see a it factor from him. Number three, C.J. Spiller. Injury-prone C.J. Spiller. Golly, lost his job to Fred Jackson. All right. You can't make this up. Guy comes out of Clemson. And I'll never forget watching, uh, you know, the John Gruden, you know, QB camp. But, you know, they brought CJ Spiller in, talk about him. You know, he just, you just, you <laughs> can't make it up. John Gruden literally just, he confronts him about his injury. Oh, there you go. There you go. Going on the sidelines with the cheerleaders. And you just saw over and over again he could never have just one, one healthy year. CJ Spiller, number three. Number two. Oh Lord have mercy. There were so many, so many pro bowlers that came out of this draft. JP Losman, the 2020, the 22nd pick. You guys know that Benny Hill song, right? <laughs> okay. I want you to literally, one of these days, maybe get some free time, just put on JP Lawsman Highlights and just just put the Benny Hill song theme song on. This guy was a joke. It, he was a joke. He should have never been an NFL quarterback. He was terrible. He had a few games where he shined, but the guy had no business being the starting quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. He was abysmal. He was, in my opinion, I think the worst quarterback the Buffalo Bills have ever had. Kelly Holcomb was better than J.P. (laughs) Losman. He was abysmal. I I give him credit for utilizing Lee Evans, all right, but he was horrible, and I'm not ever going to go back on that statement. Thank you for thank you for all the heart, all the confidence you always played with J.P. Losman, if you're listening, but you are number two on this list. Number one, drum roll here, Aaron Maben out of Penn State. My God, Aaron Maben. What a fluke. What a fluke. So sad. I was one that had so much high hopes for him. And he he just, he didn't figure it out with us. And it, it's also funny. He goes to the Jets and sacks the crap out of the Buffalo Bills quarterbacks. But, but you know, I just, it, it's just sad. You draft a guy that high in the first round, and he does absolutely nothing for you. Absolutely nothing for you. But, you know, this is why you do your research. This is why, uh, guys, we got to be thankful, going into this next list, why we need to be very thankful for the people who are in the front office right now. They're not going to make boneheaded decisions like this. They're not going to go with, (laughs) the best player on the board. No, no, no. They're going to do the research and draft the right guy. That's what they're going to do. So here we go. The best five Bills ever drafted in the first round. Uh, Okay, before I get into this, I'm not going to get into the case, okay? I'm not going to get into anything outside of football with this guy. In 1969, round one, first pick, the juice was drafted. He's a football player who transcended the game. He became the first NFL player to rush for more than 2,000 yards in a season, played for the Trojans, and won the Heisman Trophy in 1968. At 6'1", 212 pounds, he is proof that big running backs work. OJ Simpson. O.J. Simpson, I got him at five. I, I, <laughs> I, All-famer. I mean, obviously. I mean, there's nothing else to say about him. He <laughs> he was amazing. And at that point in time in NFL history, I I actually I find myself fascinated looking at how football was so much more grittier back then. And they relied on guys like this to get them through. And, um, you know, it, I kind of miss that, right? Uh, just being able to have that guy who can run the football with a lot of grit and, <laughs> and shoot people. I mean, just, he's, he was magnificent. Um, but yeah, I really have nothing else to say about him. So, <laughs> J. Simpson was amazing. So, all right. And I number four. After losing Stephon Gilmore, we found an immediate long-term fix. There's he got a lot of flack because you know he injured his ACL and uh, you know, but Tredavious White, ladies and gentlemen, come on, Trey Day. You know he has to be on this list. He was the cornerstone to the Sean McDermott and Brandon Binera. and I'm so thankful. Tradavius White, if you're listening, you're number four and you're going to be on this list forever. Number three. This was really hard, okay? This, this is really hard. There's a lot of emotion. Um, you know, just being thankful as a Bills fan. Um, I know a lot of you guys have, and girls, I mean, you guys have cried because of the turnaround the Buffalo Bills have made. They've been able to win their first playoff game get chills down my spine speaking about this. Like ladies and gentlemen, Josh Allen. I, I, I get emotional thinking about him. You know, I, I grew up in I'm trying to hold back tears. <laughs> um, I grew up in, um, in Florida and, uh, my dad every single year, after the Buffalo Bills tragically lost in the Music City Miracle game, um, against the Tennessee Titans, like, every single year after that, my dad kept telling me how I wish I was there to see what he saw, the greatness that were the '90s bills. And um, this is really <laughs> it's emotional to talk about, you know, I miss my dad a lot. Um, with just with what I do as work and just knowing like how important football is to me and to see a guy like Josh Allen show up and show out in a Buffalo Bills uniform was a dream come true I know for a lot of you who are listening you <laughs> we get defensive about him because we know what the suffering feels like and we don't want to be there again we're just so thankful we're willing to ride this Josh Allen wave for as long as it goes, right? Josh Allen, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, <laughs> ignore them, <laughs> right? Hashtag ignore them. He is Buffalo. It was fate. We had Allentown. Josh Allen walks into town and brings the Buffalo Bills back to relevancy to dominate with a 13 and three season. And I think the best is yet to come. So now that I'm past Josh Allen there. Uh, wow. He just broke records. I mean, you know, Whew. Bruce at number two, baby. Bruce Smith is by far my favorite defensive player of all time. This guy didn't give a damn who you were. All he knew was that you were in his way, and he was going to sack the crap out of your quarterback. He is the all-time sack leader in the NFL. (laughs) Bruce Smith, for me, was a guy that it just felt like it was destiny that he was in buffalo you know i again I, <laughs> I was literally a toddler as he was playing for the bills but what i do know from watching a bunch of film and all the stories my dad would tell me i mean literally he he ran into bruce smith in a mall and it, it, okay this was in buffalo and uh, he was walking down in the mall and He literally saw Bruce Smith walking down this narrow pathway. It's almost like a tunnel in this mall. And the closer Bruce got, the more intimidated my my dad. My dad's a pretty big guy. He's 6'1". He's a pretty big dude. He told me, the more... The closer he got to Bruce, the more scared he got, the more intimidated he got. And all you see is Bruce look at him, my dad's eyes wide open, he said, and Bruce just smiles. And that was the only interaction you ever had with Bruce Smith. <laughs> but could you imagine what quarterbacks felt like when they saw that man bulldozing his way to them? Yeah. Those poor men. Bruce Smith at number two. And at number one, drum roll. The man, the myth, the legend. He is Buffalo forever, will be Buffalo. God bless him, his health, his family, Jim Kelly. We love you, Jim. Man. Jim Kelly. I mean... I think he's just the reason the Buffalo Bills were destined to just stay in Buffalo after all the hoopla that happened, right? With, you know, the team almost getting sold to Bon Jovi, and then, you know, the pool is by him, uh, you know, buy off the Bills, and uh, I I just think that, you know, Jim Kelly carries the torch that has now been passed to Josh Allen, right? But even with that torch being passed to Josh Allen, he still carries a torch of, you know, Buffalo Bill's history, you know, <laughs> Hall of Famer. Uh, yeah, obviously, Bruce Smith was a Hall of Famer, you know, but I do not want to leave that out of that whole spiel with Bruce Smith. But, you know, Jim Kelly is a guy that I think you can fit in any era and he would still dominate. You, know, you look at some quarterbacks like, oh, you know, that was the era where everything was changing, like Michael Vick, and you know, blah, 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 blah. it's not going to work now, you know, look what's happened to Lamar Jackson, but, you know, you look at a guy like Jim Kelly, with the rules in place now, Jim Kelly would play until he's 50. <laughs> Jim Kelly had a lot of injuries in his career, he played through them, played with a lot of grit, a lot of tenacity, he played like Buffalo. And guys, what better note to end on than Jim Kelly, right? What a blessing it is to be able to be a Bills fan uh, with such a rich history, uh, such a time as this as well. And here we go. Um, <laughs> we're uh, we're going into the draft, baby, and the Buffalo Bills are stacked. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it, and thank you to all you loyal listeners. Uh, You know, here on Buffalo Rumblings, we are trying our best to keep up with everything, whether if it's breaking news, you know, as far as especially with analytics on on, you know a bunch of players. I'm just trying to keep up with it too. This is my first time, uh, you know, getting into the NFL draft, um, and you know, running a podcast. It it, it is just the most exciting thing ever. uh, Being on Buffalo Rumblings with uh, the family that we are, and. Thank you for listening. Uh, I'm looking forward to next week. There's there's a lot still to come. Uh, Players that you probably never heard of, you know, when their pro days start to hit the the wire, you know, it's just going to start taking off over and over and over until draft day hits. And we we got so much to do um, as far as covering. um, But we are just all excited. So again, thank you for listening on Buffalo Rumblings, on Buff Hub, I'm your host, Steve Vega. Have a great rest of your weekend. Go Plus.